Yes. It always was the same. It always was the same. And I know that this too shall pass. As it always was the same. Alright. Here we go, baby. Yes. Yes. There we go. Ma got the word on five. Good stuff. Good job. Trophy football. Dude, what a Super Bowl, dude. The Chiefs. Yes. My Chiefs, baby. Mahomes did it. Three rings, three MVPs, Super Bowl MVPs by age 28. Destined to be the future GOAT. I was thinking last night, I think the odds are that he'll get at least two more Super Bowl rings. I wouldn't bet against that happening. And uh, it was just magnificent. What an amazing game. I worked during it. And I stopped at the shop after work. So I didn't get back till nearly eight. But what a long game, too. It was still going when I got off work. Which is crazy. But I mean, I didn't see the end because I stopped at the shop. Took a little bit of time. That came back, watched it on TiVo for a couple hours. Also, great halftime show. Lots of great musical guests. Alicia Keys, her. I saw her at Beauty and the Beast when I did four days of audience work for that back in November of 2022. And uh, Ludacris, Lil John, and Usher. Dude, Usher was great. I mean, an amazing dancer. And then to be able to sing while you're dancing that intensely is um, really next level. He was sweating pretty good. I know. <laughs> I saw. I was like, dude, he's like, he's a headband. He's blinking sweat out of his eyes right now. I sure was going hard, dude. That was a great halftime show. And a really, a boring first half. And yeah, but then the action really picked up. Once you got to the fourth quarter. And um, yeah, listen to all my Chiefs podcasts. Past Arnie episodes. I had Chiefs over Niners before the conference championship games. And um, <laughs> dude, you got to tell people when you nailed it. You got to let them know. You know, so let me do the wordle. I have a feeling it's going to be this word in the next few days here. So I keep guessing the specific word. It's not that though. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Dude, that's not a word, dude. Man. <laughs> uh. Oh, there you go. Just got three greens. My third guess. And 
So what would be after that? Um, you know, there could only be, it could be that. I mean, not that first letter, but, oh, it wasn't though. Oh, it could be that word. <laughs> oh, I think I got it. Yay! Great. Got it in five. Current streak of five. 407 games played. 123rd time I've got in five. The most of all the guest distribution. There you go, baby. All right. Yay. Dude. Let's look at some old open tabs. 287 of them. So, MILB.com, Benny Montgomery, and number 23, Spokane Indians, out of Paoli, PA, 9-9, born on the same day as Adam Sandler. Woohoo! We talked about Adam Sandler. Hee <laughs> hee. 2002, he was born. Drafted by the Rockies in the 2021 draft. First round, eighth overall. Wow. In 2023, he hit 251 average, 10 home runs, 51 ribbies, 18 stolen bases. 706 OPS. Now I can say I talk about uh, Benny Montgomery. <laughs> it's a great sports name. All right. 16 home runs in his MILB career. All right. 6'4, 200, center field. Bats right throws right and also named an AFL rising star the Salt River Rafters also MILB.com organization all-star for the Colorado Rockies in 2023 also, California Player of the Month, uh, September of 2022, for the Fresno Grizzlies. And... Oh, I see. February 1st, Colorado Rockies invited non-roster outfielder Benny Montgomery to spring training. There you go. So, he'll get some uh, at-bats in, I think they're in Florida. You would think the Rockies would be, let me think. You'd think they'd be Arizona. Rockies spring training. Yeah, yeah. They play at Salt River Fields. Same place as the Diamondbacks. That's right. I went to that field. Went to a game there. It's brand new. It's on the Indian Reservation there. By the Great Wolf Lodge. It's just a spectacular facility. They got a beautiful pond there. All right. Also, A.J. Lewis, another Spokane Indian, number four he wears. 5'10", 195. I'll say and A.J. Lewis. Because we went to a game back in July. 
So these tabs must be from July. Went to Eastern Kentucky University. May 31st, 1998, born in Chicago. So let's look up. Um, well, his 2023 stats, he batted 203, six homers, 24 ribbies, three stolen bases, 717 OPS. And Eastern Kentucky University. In Richmond, Kentucky. Also has branch campuses in Corbin, Hazard, Lancaster, and Manchester. All right. Motto, where students and learning come first. It has a space grant. Um, which means... A network of 53 consortia formed for the purpose of outer space-related research. Um, wow, interesting. So I can say I talk about space grants. That's cool. Um, there's also C grant colleges. And Sun Grant Colleges. Um, there you go. What are the Sun Grant Colleges? Space, Sun, and Sea Grant Colleges. <laughs> so the Sun ones, Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, Oregon State, the Beeves. Penn State, the Nittany Lions, South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, University of Hawaii, the Rainbow Warriors, University of Tennessee, the Volunteers. So there you go. Each one of them represents a region. The uh, C Grant Colleges, Oregon State, the Beefs, UW, Washington, Huskies, Cal San Diego, USC, University of Alaska, Fairbanks, College of Fisheries and Ocean Sciences, University of Hawaii, at Manoa, University of Guam, um, 3,387 students at the University of Guam. <laughs> I'll say I talk about that. University of Guam. Mm. 94% are Asian Pacific Islander ethnicity. And... 1952, twas established. About to sneeze. <laughs> yeah, baby. It's in Mangilau, Guam. The Tritons are their nickname. Green and white they wear. It's in a rural area, about 161 acres. Endowment, 13 and a half million. Motto in English, ever upward. I like that. I'm going to write that one down. It's a good motto. Oh, you also have more C Grant Colleges. Uh, Texas A&M. Aggies. LSU. Tigers, Auburn Tigers, uh, Dauphin Island Sea Lab, Jackson State, Mississippi State, Bulldogs, 
University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide, UAB, the, are they like the Dragons, the Blazers, but their mascot is Blaze the Dragon, (laughs) Ole Miss, the uh, Rebels, Southern Miss, the Eagles, Golden Eagles, University of South Alabama, Jaguars, and then you have University of Florida, Gators, Florida A&M, they are the um, Rattlers, Florida Atlantic, the Owls, Florida Gulf Coast, the Eagles, Florida International, the Panthers, Florida Institute of Technology, the <laughs> Panthers, <laughs> uh, Florida State Seminoles, Harbor Branch Oceanographic, Oceanographic Institute, uh, Jacksonville University, Moat Marine Laboratory, New College of Florida, Nova Southeastern University, University of Central Florida, University of North Florida, University of South Florida, University of West Florida, University of Miami, the Canes, UGA, University of Georgia, Bowlows, University of Puerto Rico. Man, there's lots of these. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I just saw how many of there are. Wait, there's a ton of C grant colleges. So there you go. Alrighty. We'll exit out of that one. We have Sam Carlson. I was looking at from Savage, Minnesota. And where's number 83 for the Brewers? Pitcher, December 3rd, 1998, was born. Bats right, throws right. And was with the Mariners. And, um, yeah. Elected free agency, November 6th. Signed a minor league contract with the Brewers, January 3rd this year and uh, had Tommy John surgery back in 2018 on July 2nd and he had to miss all of 2019 as well so there you go oh we got oh I'm gonna exit out that I don't use that social media app anymore or website. Exit out of that one. Yes. Um, I was looking at the U.S. states by life expectancy. Guess which one has the highest? We just mentioned it a couple times. All right, get your guess in. The highest life expectancy, Hawaii. And surprisingly, California is second. I mean, it's such a big population. I'm surprised it's that high. It doesn't average out to be a little lower. And then New York, the third oldest life expectancy, Minnesota, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Colorado, New Jersey, Washington, Florida, Utah, Arizona, 
All right, let's look at the lowest. The bottom few here. The lowest life expectancy of U.S. states. Your guess? The answer is, we just mentioned it. <laughs> we just mentioned a lot of states. <laughs> Let me get some LaCroix. A little snack here. <clears throat> Tangerine. It's 8.30 right now. Just to let you know where I'm at in the morning for me. About to go to work in about an hour and a half. And um, yeah, we just chilling this morning. You know? Started the podcast nice and early. Ain't in too much of a hurry. <clears throat> as long as I'm... I'd like to be in the shower one hour from now. Shower hour. (laughs) Dude, that sounds like a podcast, right? I do this podcast from the shower. (laughs) Dude. That's kind of a funny idea for a podcast. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to write it down. The shower hour. <laughs> but you can't spend an hour in the pod in the uh, shower. Podcast idea. Oh man. I could do like a five minute episode from a shower. <laughs> I'm just yelling over the water. I feel like it'd be wasteful. Alright. The lowest life expectancy of U.S. states is Mississippi, 74.5. It was in 2019. And for males, only (laughs) 71.4. Dude, that's pretty low for for average. And, um, but it probably used to be like, I'm thinking, and then I'm saying, like, what was it in, like, the 50s? We'll have to check here. But, um, West Virginia, second lowest. Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, South Carolina, Ohio. I'd say Ohio is the first one. You could say, like, is not really in the South. And then Indiana, Missouri, New Mexico down there, Georgia, North Carolina, Michigan, Alaska is down there. Alaska's 35th, I guess. There you go. All righty. But what was it? Yeah, I want to know what was it in 1940. Exactly, dude. Dude, in 1940, in Alaska, the life expectancy was 58.1. Dude, in Washington, D.C., it was 56 in 1940. That's what I'm saying, dude. The life expectancy used to be in the 50s in some places. (laughs) so it really has like you know modern medicine and technology has increased that a ton um alright so anyway (laughs) I'll say uh life expectancy by U.S. days. Hope you're enjoying the pod. <laughs> Just chilling, dog. All right. So let's exit out of that one. And then I had Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, has Instagram pulled up. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm just going to leave that one. Oh, he's talking to XFL. 
Oh, so the USFL and the XFL are kind of like combined this year, it looks like. March 30th, that begins. ABC, ESPN, Fox, FS1. The Rock is big on that. Oh, here was an interesting story that I was going to talk to Brett about one time, but I never did. Singer detained for dropping shorts on stage at festival in China's City of Rock. So, let's see. A show organizer was fined 28 grand and suspended from hosting concerts. The singer, identified by the surname Ding, was detained by police for damaging social morality. Drop the briefs, audience members chanted. (laughs) The footage shows the singer kept his underwear on. So that's good. And, um... Yeah, dude, this guy, they probably, um, he's like in a gulag somewhere or something, dude. But, um, who knows, man? He probably don't sing no more. He don't sing as good no more. And, let's see. So... Oh, it's talking about this city. Shijazhuang is the city of rock. And it was put on the music map in 2010 when the song Kill the One from Shijazhuang by local band Omnipotent Youth Society was released and became a hit. The melancholic tune carried lyrics depicting a man's frustration with the banality of life, a sentiment that resonated among many in the predominantly working-class province known for its iron and steel industries. And, um, interesting. So I can say I talk about the Chinese city of rock. The city of rock in China. Um, should be like city of rock and roll. I feel like Spokane is the city of rock. All these giant boulders all over the place. On South Hill, Spokane. Rockwood. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So, let's see here. Interesting. And, wow, I'm scrolling all the way down. Dude, it takes a while to scroll all the way down. Wow. So, there you go. And, um, let's look at this swag box. Hey, man. Come on, pull up the swag box. All right, it's moving a little slow there. Look at the uh, NBA games from yesterday. There were only two. Celtics defeated the Heat 110 to 106. Jason Tatum, 26 points, 11 for 20, 2 for 2 from the line. Tyler Hero, 24 points, 10 for 21. Tatum, 10 boards, 1 offensive. Bam Adebayo, 13 boards, 3 offensive. Tatum, 9 assists. One turnover, 39 minutes. Terry Rogier, who they got from the Hornets. Oh, and now our old buddy Kyle Lowry is joining his hometown Philly Sixers. Who need the extra help now that they're without their superstar Embiid. So, yes, make sure to listen to the Kyle Lowry episode of ArniePod. From a couple weeks ago. Rozier, six assists, zero turnovers, 24 minutes. And also, speaking of old Arnie Pod episodes, 
if you're not aware, you know, talking about this Chiefs crazy, um, you know, Super Bowl champs. I just did episode on Andy Reid. I did Patrick Mahomes. I did Travis Kelsey. I did Jason Kelsey. I did Taylor Swift. You can find all that in the last few weeks of the Arnie Pod podcast feed. 20,049 people in attendance at Kaseya Center in Miami. That season series will remain 3 nothing Celtics. Then we have the OKC Thunder defeated the Sac Kings 127 to 113. Malik Monk 26 points, 10 for 20. SGA 38 points, 15 for 26, 5 for 9 from the line. Sabonis 11 boards, 4 offensive. Lugens Dort 9 boards, 2 offensive. Sabonis has been in fuego since being left off the All-Star team. 14 assists, 5 turnovers, 42 minutes. Jalen Williams, both uh, West Coast Conference guys. Sabonis, Gozegs, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara. Steve Nash, uh, 9 assists for him, 2 turnovers, 37 minutes. 17,092 in attendance at Paycom Center in OKC. That season series, 2-1 Kings lead. Game 4, April 9th, back in OKC. So, there you go. Let's see. Were there any big uh, college hoops games? Today, we got Wake Forest at Duke who's number nine. So four o'clock West Coast, best coast time, specific standard time. That's on ESPN. Then the six o'clock game on ESPN, number four, Kansas at number 23, Texas Tech. The Red Raiders. As for today's NBA games, happy President's Day to you. You know, get that holiday pay today. Yes, that'll be sweet. We got Pacers thirty and twenty-four at the Hornets eleven and forty-one. Sixers thirty-one and twenty-one at the Red Hot Cavs thirty-five and sixteen. I believe they've won seventeen of their last eighteen. Bulls twenty-five and twenty-eight. At Hawks, 24 and 29. We got Spurs, 10 and 43. At Raptors, 19 and 34. Knicks, 33 and 20. At Space City Rockets, 23 and 29. And Pelicans, 31 and 22. At the Grizz, 18 and 35. The Nuggies, 36 and 17. At the Bucks, 34 and 19. A good cross-conference matchup there on NBA TV. 5 o'clock West Coast, best coast time. The Wizards, <clears throat> 9 and 43. At the Mavs, 30 and 23. Warriors, back to 500 they are. 25 and 25. At the Utah Jazz, 26 and 27. And then the late game on NBA TV at 7.30, West Coast, Best Coast time. The T-Wolves, 36 and 16 at the Clippers, 35 and 16. And, I mean, we got the time. We may as well look at the NBA games from Saturday that we did not look at. The Mavs defeated the OKC Thunder 146 to 111. SGA, 25 points, 9 for 16, 7 for 8 from the line. Luca, 32 points, 9 for 14, 10 for 13 from the line. And I believe did not play any of the fourth quarter. I mean, I'm sure he, I mean, because he had, I saw him get his 32nd point with a minute left in the third. 
and seeing as the Mavs won by 35, but he didn't play in the fourth. We got Chet Holmgren, goes eggs, 12 boards, 4 offensive. Maxi Kleber, 12 boards, 3 offensive. Jalen Williams, 7 assists, 2 turnovers, 27 minutes. Luka, 9 assists, 3 turnovers, 31 minutes. We have... Oh, they didn't give us an attendance on this one. I mean, I hope you can still get the attendance. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't have to do with it being Monday and this being Saturday. (laughs) I mean, I guess they probably just didn't list this one. And the season series, one to one, two more games. Game three is on uh, Pi Day, Steph Curry's birthday. March 14th, TNT, that's at OKC, and then April 14th, at OKC. So, we have Clippers over the Pistons, 112 to 106. Jaden Ivey, 23 points, 10 for 21, 1 for 1 from a line. Paul George, 33 points, 14 for 24, 1 for 1 from a line. Uh... Jalen Durham, 18 boards, one of the best rebounders in the league, three offensive. James Hodden, six boards, zero offensive. Cade Cunningham, 10 assists, two turnovers, 35 minutes. James Hodden, eight assists, five turnovers, 36 minutes. We have 19,370 in attendance at Crypto.com Arena. In LA, season series will remain two nothing Clippers. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> I'm like, I was just thinking during that <laughs> as I was reading James Harden's stats. I was like, all right, I'm not gonna do all these NBA games from Saturday. I refuse to do NBA games that weren't from yesterday. I will say. I will only discuss them if they're from the previous day. (laughs) And then I'll only preview the ones from today. So there. (laughs) Uh, Yesterday's college hoops. Florida Atlantic. The Owls. In overtime. Took down the Shockers of Wichita State. 9582 Dude, you don't see that much. Let's click on this one. They won by 13 points in overtime. What? I wonder what Pat McAfee is saying about the Super Bowl during his morning snarls. What's Pat McAfee barking about this morning? Yup, thanks. Text dad back there. Yup, thanks. Nice, he says. Alrighty, there you go. Mom hasn't replied to my Wordle. She hasn't acknowledged that I got the Wordle. Give me my credit. <laughs> um, oh, we still haven't done the swag box either. We still have so much stuff to do. All right. So let's just do the swag box. Um, and where did I write down my... Oh, yeah, yesterday was, tomorrow is. What about that, too? See, we got to do that one. Yesterday was my Aunt Marine's birthday, I believe. I think I saw that on Facebook. I was like, I did not know when Aunt Marine's birthday was. Um, 
so I guess her and Uncle Steve are actually pretty close. I suppose. Um, alrighty. Do you have a designated place in your home or car for storing reusable shopping bags? A designated place. I mean, I'm trying to think of where I used to put... I put them next to the fridge in the old apartment. Or in the car on the floor of the back seat. Or if you have on the back of one of your seats, if you got one of them pouches, one of them little marsupial pouches made of cloth and felt or whatever. Yeah, that's a good place for your tote bags. But I will say... I'll say, yes, I keep them organized and accessible. Say I lean towards that option. 57% agree with moi. By far the number one choice there. Second place, 17%. I store them, but they're not organized. I just throw them in a big pile. (laughs) In the middle of the floor. Right in front of the door. I just kick it out of the way. <laughs> it's like playing Jenga. Tote Jenga. Um, no, they're stored wherever there's space. Well, I mean, that's kind of the same as like organizing them. Like, <laughs> And then 6% say, I don't use reusable shopping bags. 5% say, I don't have reusable shopping bags. <laughs> what? Why did they make both of those different options? Oh, uh, dude. I always have like bones to pick with the uh, riders of these poles. I'm like, all right, those two should definitely be, um, you know, combined into, they should be consolidated into one choice you can do. And then even the first two options they gave. Yes, I keep them organized and accessible. No, they're stored wherever there's space. Like, I don't, I don't understand how, like, how is storing them where there's space different than organizing them? (laughs) Like, that option isn't really, they didn't really describe it as being different, I guess. I don't know. Like, I would almost just say, instead of saying, no, they're stored where there's space, I would say, no, I'm not good at, or like, no, it's very messy, I would say. No, they are in a pile. Like, you're still saying you're storing them. So, I think storing implies organization. <laughs> I'm just breaking down the pole. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's like the most I've ever just like really just nailed down one of those poles. All right. Let's do yesterday was tomorrow is. And um so yesterday was February 11th, right? Am I, today is um, yeah, Monday the 12th. Excellent. So, Louis Mandarin, 1725 to 1755. Wow, dude. This dude, I probably have lived longer than this fella already. Since I'm almost 31, he is a uh, French smuggler considered the French Robin Hood, born in Dauphine, France. Robin Hood, a good um, little investment app for you uh, adventurous self-investors. 
William Henry Fox Talbot, 1800 to 1877, English photographic pioneer, born in Dorset, England. Um, invented Instagram. <laughs> yeah, back in the mid 1800s, designed his uh, Instagram, you know. They actually do have like an Instagram looking camera next to his name there. But yeah, dude, Instagram. It used to be just books. That was Instagram in the mid 1800s. Um the father of social media. <laughs> I would say Tom from MySpace is like the cousin of social media. <laughs> He's not the father. He's Mark Zuckerberg. Um, all right. You have Alexander H. Stevens, 1812 to 1883. American vice president of the Confederate States, 1861 to 65. And governor of Georgia, 1882 to 83, born in Crawfordville, Georgia. All right, we need to get a lady. They always spotlight the dudes. Um, yeah, dude. Arnie. Arnie Jacobson. Danish architect, 1902 to 1971. All right, now we got to look up that guy, right? And then we got to say we talked about him. Aren't, <laughs> dude, no way, dude. Um, I love just stumbling across an Arnie. Arnie Jacobson. Uh, Danish. Yep. Yes. All right, baby. February 11th. Oh, yeah. I was about to be like, that's his birthday yesterday. Yeah. That's the list I was looking at. Passed away March 24th of 71. Danish architect and furniture designer. Remembered for his contribution to architectural functionalism and for the worldwide success he enjoyed with simple, well-designed chairs. Arnie Emil Jacobson. His first name was, in fact, Arnie. Spelled the same way as Arnie Pod. And buildings he is known for. Bellevue Theater. Is that in Bellevue, Washington? <laughs> no. It's in Copenhagen, Denmark. Opened 1936. And, um... Oh, it's lovely. Looks kind of like futuristic first time. Bellevue Tetret. It's how they say uh, theater, I suppose. And it was closed from 1939 to 1980. What? And um, capacity of 700. And since reopening as a theater, the repertoire has been dominated by modern music performances particularly rock musicals. City of Rock in uh, China. All right. But let's see. Oh, so it opened 1936 as a mundane summer theater It closed a few seasons later 
then operating as a cinema until 1980. Then it was reopened as a theater and film center by Jess Colpin. Walls, balcony, and proscenium are clad in canvas and bamboo. The front curtain shows a beach girl painted by A.G. Sicker Hansen. All right. Also did Radisson Collection Royal Hotel Copenhagen. Um, that one opened July 1st, 1960. No, not long before my parents were born. And um, also did... <clears throat> Eris City Hall. And the new building was inaugurated June 2nd, 1941. Also designed by Eric Moeller, as well as Arnie. On the first proposal, the plans did not include a tower, but due to massive public pressure, it was later added to the drawings along with the idea to clad the structure in marble. Hans Wagner was in charge of the furnishing, which is uniquely designed to fit the building and parts of the interior design. And, um... The decision to build a new city hall was taken during a city hall meeting in 1937... Alrighty. <clears throat> we also have St. Catherine's College. Wow. He made a whole college. Um, 528 undergrad students there. 385 graduate students. It's a small college. One of the constituent colleges of University of Oxford... In 1974, it was also one of the first men's colleges to admit women. And, yeah. It's actually one of the largest colleges in either Oxford or Cambridge. So I guess it's big, not small. <laughs> and, um... The college was built in an egalitarian architectural style that maximizes the number of rooms for academically qualified students who lacked the financial resources to study at Oxford. There you go. We also have, he designed Denmark's National Bank, the central bank of the Kingdom of Denmark, and let's see the building. Um, building which currently houses the bank's headquarters, let's see, was designed in the early 60s by the renowned architect Arnie Jacobson in collaboration with Hans Dissing in Otto Whiteling, and built between 1965 and 78. After Jacobson's death in 1971, his office, renamed Dissing plus Whiteling, brought the building to completion. The National Bank moved into new premises in 1976. The Agency for Culture and Palaces listed it as National Heritage in 2009. And, um, yeah, those were the big buildings he designed. But, despite that, today, Arnie Jacobson is remembered primarily for his furniture designs. However, he believed he was first and foremost an architect. A 
According to Scott Poole, a professor at Virginia Tech, Hokies, Arnie Jacobson never used the word designer, notoriously disliking it. His way into product design came through his interest in Gesamtkunst, which literally means total artwork, translated as total work of art, ideal work of art, universal artwork, synthesis of the arts, comprehensive artwork, or all-embracing art form. It's a work of art that makes use of all or many art forms or strives to do so. The term is a German loan word accepted in English as a term in aesthetics. Okay, now I gotta write this down. Because I think Arnipod is kind of um, a Gesamtkunstwerk. Because <laughs> it kind of combines many different facets of art. Let me just jot this. So many random letters in this word. All right. Gesamtkunstwerk. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. So, and most of his designs, which later became famous in their own right, were created for architectural projects. One of his first furniture designs was the Paris lounge chair from 1929, which was also displayed as a part of the interior design of his famous House of the Future. Oh, I got to pull up the House of the Future now. Oh, that sounds cool. um, There we go. ArnieJacobson.com Let's look at the uh, whatever, dude. Um, House of the Future, nineteen twenty nine. He was twenty seven years old. Has first major breakthrough with the House of the Future, which he co designed and co constructed with architect Fleming Lassen, with its spiral shaped ground plan white plastered exterior walls, and spectacular technical solutions. The house appeared as a radical innovation when it was presented at the Forum Exhibition venue in 1929. Built built as an exhibition house, the House of the Future only existed for a limited period, but the project had a huge impact on Arne Jacobson's career and on Danish architecture in general, with inspiration from the Bauhaus school in Germany and the work of French architect Le Corbusier, who lived 1887 to 1965, among others, Arne Jacobson and Fleming Lassen's house was instrumental in bringing the interwar modernist development to Denmark. And... With its flat roof, simple cubist shapes, and white plastered exterior, the House of the Future stood out as radically different from the other projects on show. And, um, yeah, there you go. Although the house was dismantled after a short time, the innovative design secured Arne Jacobson many new commissions. In that same year, the young architect founded the firm that he continued until his death in 1971. And from then on, every school teacher wanted an Arnie Jacobson house. As architect Eric Muller, Arnie Jacobson's collaborator during the interwar years, later recalled about the impact the House of the Future had on Arnie Jacobson's career. And, um, that's a cool thing. That's a good little teaser I can write down. The 
House of the Future. Which reminds me of Telosa, that city of the future that they're wanting to build in Arizona. Um, I think like one of the Walmart guys wants to build in. All right. So let's see. Let's do um, just a quick tomorrow is oh, tomorrow is my buddy Stephen Ungrex's birthday. And his twin, Chris. Alright. Yeah, because tomorrow is February 13th. It is Valentine's Day Eve. And there we go, baby. We did it. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl yesterday. Listen to all my Super Bowl-related content from the last few weeks. Ah... I feel like lots of good information we just learned. <laughs> Very informative Arnie Pod today. You know. Thanks for listening, Brett. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm gonna get my day started. A little ahead of schedule right now. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> Enjoy the old Arnie Pod. Alright. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I love you. Love ya. Bye. <laughs> Okay, wait a sec. I just ended it. Um, I did just end it. But then I did just realize I did not talk about Sean White at all. So let me just talk about Sean White for like a few minutes. September 3rd, 1986 was born. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like I'm forgetting one thing. Mm. I just want to go a few minutes about... You know, the flying tomato. Uh, from San Diego, he's from. Five foot eight, 154. I mean, pretty stocky. Where that. He weighs like almost as much as me. And I am, you know, uh, seven inches taller. All right. So, five time Olympian and three time Olympic gold medalist in half-pipe snowboarding, holds the world record for most X Games gold medals and most Olympic gold medals by a snowboarder, has also won 10 ESPY awards throughout his career in various categories. And first competed the 2003 X Games. He was only 16. First Olympics... 2006, Torino, that was in Turin, Italy, also did the 2010 Olympics winter in Vancouver, BC, he missed the 2014 Olympics, and then the 2018 Olympics, Pyeongchang in um, South Korea, and yeah, why did he miss 2014. Let's see if we can find this. Um, oh, no. He finished fourth at the 2014 Winter Olympics in the halfpipe. Okay. During that Winter Games, he was the most talked about Olympic athlete on Facebook. That's like a simple segue to make sure you check out my Facebook. Well over... One and a half thousand people following my Facebook. I do reels every day as well. But my reels don't get huge views like they used to, though. But still get pretty decent reach with my link posts of Arnie Pod. And also used to do skateboarding. That's right. So he medaled in the X Games in the vert skateboarding 2007, 2011, 05, 010, and 08. 07 and 011, he got the gold. That's right. 
Professional skateboarder Tony Hawk befriended the nine-year-old Sean White at the Encinitas, California YMCA skate park and mentored him, helping White turn pro in skateboarding at age 16. Sean White says, Tony was my hero and I was too terrified to talk to him. So every time I saw him at the skate park, I would try to impress him with my skateboarding in the hopes that one day he would say something to me. <laughs> Dude, there you go. That's like a cool little anecdote. All right, baby. There we go. Now I'm going to get my day started. Now, <laughs> now, thanks for listening, Brett. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to go hop in the shower. Do some push-ups first. Do the last one. You know, get down, hold it for 20 seconds. That's how you do it, baby. All right. (laughs) Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Bye.